Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Jamie Samuel reporting, and welcome to episode three of my 2022 FIFA World Cup podcast, bringing you all the latest updates on the 2022 World Cup. I'm thrilled to announce that I am joined by a new guest on this podcast for the very first time, introducing co-worker Barney Pera. Barney, how are you this evening? And thanks so much for your time to join me on today's podcast. I'm doing very well, thanks, Jamie. I've just come back from overseas in the last 24 hours, so um, it's been it's great to uh, be on your on your podcast. That's wonderful. Where did you go when you were overseas, and did you have a nice time? I had a great time. I was in Thailand the majority of the time. I was there on the day of the opening game of the World Cup and on the second night of the World Cup, I was actually in transit and Changi Airport in Singapore. So um, I was a little bit behind um, what was going on in the World Cup after the second night because I didn't get to see any of that second night, but um, I'm caught up with practically everything now. Wonderful. Barney, you work at Apple iSports. Can you tell us a little bit about your role at the organisation and what the organisation is building to achieve over time? Yeah, so um, I'm the I'm going to be the customer service manager once we go live. So um, I guess um, communication between the company and the clients and even potential clients that are looking for information, that's all going to be going through me. Um, as for what the organisation is building to achieve, obviously we want to be a market leader um, in the sports betting industry and uh, there's only so much I can talk about uh, because there's certain things that are confidential. But um, yeah, my role is basically customer service manager and which really looks after communication between us and the outside world, really. Wow, best of luck with all that. Um, tell us a little bit about what drives your passion for soccer and how you would rate your knowledge for the game. Well, Jamie, as you probably know, I recently turned 50, and that's part of the reason why I went on my um, vacation. So my first ever FIFA World Cup that I can remember was the 1982 World Cup. And despite Italy winning that World Cup, that World Cup is more famous for the Brazilian team than the Italian team, even though it was... Italy that knocked Brazil out of that World Cup. Um, that World Cup was, and that Brazil team was what made me fall in love with the game. And ever since then, I've just been the biggest soccer nut, soccer nerd. Call me whatever you like, but that's what I have become. Um, I've actually been to three World Cups live, including the 1994 World Cup final between Italy and Brazil. But um, I was there for the Socceroos um, in 2006 in Germany. I also watched the 2010 World Cup in South Africa. So those two World Cups, I watched all of Australia's games. At the South Africa World Cup, I also saw the famous England versus Germany game with that disallowed Frank Lampard goal. And I caught two of the quarterfinals in that World Cup. So, um, yes, I'm a, when it comes to the World Cup especially, I'm... Uh, I'm glued to the television. By the end of the World Cup, I forget what I used to do with my life before the World Cup started. So, um, yes, I'm the biggest World Cup nerd you'll ever meet. Wonderful. And I'm proud of it. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I'm very glad that you will be joining me for my regular podcast throughout this World Cup. I feel that 
we can certainly offer our audience a broad range of knowledge, get, keep them excited and up to date. And yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Over the last day, um, overnight, we saw the whole world in shock. Saudi Arabia causing one of the biggest upsets in World Cup history, defeating third placed in the world and one of the favourites to win the tournament, South American Giants Argentina 2-1, in one of the more remarkable games we've ever seen at a World Cup. Argentina had majority of the possession, but were unable to break down a very strong Saudi defence. Argentina now faces an uphill battle against progressing out of the group stages. Saudi Arabia, who have been on the receiving end of many World Cup defeats in recent World Cups, stunned the world with their victory over Argentina overnight. They seem to have a team full of confidence and tactically well set up by Juan Antonio Pizzi. The first goal came in the 10th minute from Lionel Messi's penalty after being fouled in the box following a corner kick. It looked like Argentina could run away with the game. Plus, if it had not been for three disallowed goals, all for offside, Argentina would have led 4-0 by half-time. But Saudi Arabia had other ideas. Saleh Al-Shiri equalising in the 47th minute following the through ball. Then, after a defensive mistake, Salem Al-Dawazi would score one of the goals of the tournament from the edge of the box, giving Saudi Arabia the unlikeliest of leads five minutes later after they looked down and out at half-time. They held on for a 2-1 victory, simply stunning the world in a win that is quite possibly the biggest achievement in the football nation's history, turning Group C on its head. Barney, was this result one you saw coming in your wildest dreams? Um, dare I say, absolutely not. Uh, I was, I thought the Saudis were playing even well, even in the first half. Um, but even then, I did not predict. No way I would have predicted Saudi Arabia to beat, in my opinion, the second favourite for the World Cup. Um, it was just a shock. I still remember um, the day that Argentina lost their opening game at the um, 1990 World Cup in a shock result then. Uh, that was against Cameroon. But this was a bigger one because nobody really saw Asian football was going to make a statement at this World Cup. They've been very poor in previous World Cups. And although Saudi Arabia was decent in the qualifiers, no one expected them to be up to the task against one of the giants of world football. So, yeah, I was um, I was quite stunned. But honestly, the Saudis, I thought they deserved their win. They were the better team, I think, overall. Yeah, absolutely. And Argentina could have got a bit carried away and it really ruined those their momentum with those offside decisions and it would have been frustrating. Considering Argentina's struggle to beat the minnows of Saudi Arabia, will they be able to bounce back and get a crucial result against Mexico? That's a hard one. Um, I mean, logic says they should. They are a good enough team to do so. But I, you know, I'm old enough to remember times when Argentina were considered favourites for World Cups and they were considered favourites to come first in their group. And when they struggle at the, you know, their first game, they find it hard to get out. So I think sometimes there's a 
there's like a mental uh, weakness that the Argentinian team has when their backs are to the wall. Um, they are definitely good enough to get a result, but this is going to wound them mentally. You know, no one expected them to lose to Saudi Arabia and suddenly they have to play against a supposedly stronger team and get a positive result against them. It all comes down to their mindset. Can they put the Saudi result behind them and just concentrate on the Mexico game? Or are they going to have the, this game, the Saudi game, at the back of their minds when they're taking on Mexico? So it just comes down to um, mental strength because um, they've got the skill and the know-how to beat the Mexicans, but it comes down to the mental side of the game. Um, as I said, I've seen Argentina, you know, favourites for the 2002 World Cup, and after a bad first game, they just couldn't recover and um, they end up losing against uh, England and other games and then couldn't, um, they had to draw against uh, Nigeria in that 2002 World Cup. They have a history of not bouncing back when they hit a setback. So do not be surprised if Argentina does not escape this group. I still think their quality is just way too strong for them to miss out, but it wouldn't come as a shock either after what I saw yesterday. No, absolutely. That's completely fair. I, for one, feel they'll struggle to beat Mexico. Maybe, at best, could hope for a draw. With Saudi Arabia causing this massive upset, who's to say they can't get results out of their last two clashes against Poland and Mexico? Barney, can you see this side progressing into the knockout stage? Well, they are every chance to. Um, I'm actually part of a tipping competition where I actually picked... Saudi Arabia to come third in their group and Poland to come fourth in their group. So um, I already saw before the tournament, I thought Saudi Arabia, because they're playing in more familiar surroundings, they'll have an advantage over Poland. I didn't expect them to have an advantage over Argentina, though. So there's no reason why Saudi Arabia can't progress. They've beaten the biggest team in the group and... Yeah, they almost just need a draw in one of their last two remaining games, and it could, it should be enough to get them out. And especially with um, Poland and Mexico drawing, Saudi Arabia has every chance to um, to get out because Argentina is going to be after a result. They're going to be switched into taking points off Poland and Mexico as well. So the Saudis are a very good chance of making the second round, which would be great for Asian football. Absolutely, it would be. Mexico and Poland played out a nil-nil draw. This was a game with very few chances. It seemed neither team wanted to give away too much and both defences were on top form. Robert Lewandowski had the chance to win it for Poland after being awarded a penalty in the 57th minute. But Guillermo Ochard denied him with a brilliant save down to his right. The two sides will now be preparing for the next round of matches. Mexico facing Argentina and Poland taking on Saudi Arabia. Both games are crucial if either side wish to progress out of the group stage. It has been an incredible start to Group C with so many twists and turns. We can't wait to see what happens next. Barney, who do you think will come out on top of Group C? Oh, gee, that's a hard one. Um, because the fancy teams did not have the greatest start. I honestly thought Argentina would come first, Mexico second in their group. Um, the games overnight have totally, um, you know, uh, totally put the group um, you know, in disarray. I think Saudi Arabia has to qualify for the next round after the first round of matches. 
And I don't know. I think, I honestly think Argentina, despite their history, they should become the second team uh, to make it out of that group. Yeah, fair enough. That's a reasonable prediction given the results. Is this a disappointing result for Mexican football standards, in your opinion, considering they carry the most weight of expectation in the North American region at this World Cup? I think they will be disappointed because, um, as you said, they are the you know the standard bearers of the CONCACAF Confederation. Everyone expects the Mexicans to do something positive. And they would have gone into this game with uh, legitimate aspirations to beat Poland. Um, yeah, I think it, they would they would feel disappointed. So the Mexican and Argentinian game coming up next is um, it, it's do or die for both teams because both teams are going into the game after a disappointing first game. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a disappointing result for Mexico. I honestly think I expected them to win three nil. If you know, before the game you asked me, I would have told you three nil Mexico. So they'd be disappointed. Yeah, reasonable, very reasonable. I, for one, think it was a disappointing result for Mexico as well. Denmark and Tunisia also played out a nil-nil draw overnight. No one was able to break the deadlock in what was an uneventful game. Both sides struggled to create much in the way of chances, with Denmark having more of the possession and looking to play through their creative midfielders and attacking players. Both, goals had, both sides had goals ruled out for offside. The Danes, semi-finalists at the European Championships, saw their World Cup begin in stop-start fashion as Eriksen was denied by goalkeeper Eamon Dahman, while substitute Andreas Cornelius hit the post from a yard out with the best chance of the match. Barney, who do you think was the better team here? Um, well, I actually disagree with you that it was an uneventful game. I thought that for a nil-nil draw, it was one of the best nil-nil draws I've ever seen. Um, I always, like, it was um, back and forth. The pendulum would swing Tunisia's way. Then um, suddenly Denmark would look strong. And it was like both teams were having a go at each other. Um, I really liked the way Tunisia played. And I... I don't know. For me, they always look that extra bit more dangerous. But I mean, Denmark had their chances. You mentioned Cornelius's chance. Um, he's going to be having nightmares about how he missed that uh, sitter because all he needed was a tap, and it just, he just he's missed it altogether. Um, but yeah, for me, Tunisia was actually the slightly better team. But it was one of those games we just the, the momentum just kept um, switching back and forth between the two teams. Um, yeah, you know, both teams will feel that they had their chances, uh, but I thought the nil-nil draw, the draw, I think, was a fair result. I don't think one team necessarily dominated the other, but Tunisia was just a little bit, for me, just a little more sleek, more dangerous. Yeah, fair enough. Who do you think is more likely to progress out of this group now? Um, before the World Cup, I never actually told you this, Jamie, but before the World Cup, I actually picked Denmark and Tunisia qualifying for the second phase ahead of France. I thought France was going to fall victim to the um, the, uh, the champion's curse that has been going on for the last few World Cups. And what I saw yesterday, I think um, the Danes and the Tunisians are still um, a very good chance of making it to the next phase. Yeah, fair enough. Reasonable prediction. What changes would each side need to make if they are going to progress to the knockout stage? Oh, 
honestly, I thought both sides can take, like defensively, I thought they were both pretty solid at the back. Um, I mean, a goal either way would have changed the result for them. I don't think either team really needs to change very much. I thought they, they were set up right. They were solid at the back. They were very creative in midfield. And just a bit of luck in front of goal may have um, changed the result for them. I think both teams, the way they play, they should go into the next game pretty much, maybe you know, even whether it's the same personnel or not, but yeah, the same tactics, the same style. I thought they were, I thought they pl both played pretty well. Um, they shouldn't make too many changes. Yeah, fair enough. Seems reasonable there. World Cup champions France got their World Cup campaign off to the perfect start, comfortably defeating Australia 4-1 this morning. Australia got a shock lead in the eighth minute, Craig Goodman striking Australia into the lead as the nation erupted. The French side responded br brilliantly and took back control of the game, Adrian Rabiot finding an equaliser 18 minutes later. Olivier Giroud would then add a second five minutes later, sending France into a half-time lead of 2-1. Kylian Mbappe ended Australia's resistance in the 68th minute with his first goal of the tournament. Giroud rounded off France's performance with an impressive finish past Matt Ryan three minutes later as they looked, to set, as they looked set to kick off their world campaign with a bang. Barney, do you believe after Australia's mammoth opening goal, the end result was quite a disappointment considering the hope that it gave us? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I didn't expect much from the Australian team. I didn't even expect them to score a goal at this World Cup. So when they scored, um, I live in a little apartment building and I think my, all of my neighbours heard me scream yes when they scored. Um and, you know, considering they scored that opening goal, it was disappointing that the game finished 4-1 against Australia. Um, I think they just shut, I think they scored too early in the game and they just shut up shop instead of tr taking the game to the French. I mean, the goal came as a result of them taking the game to the French and when they scored, they just wanted to defend their lead rather than, you know, continuing with what they were doing before. So... It was disappointing after taking that early lead. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, happened to be at a pub watching it this morning and the place lit off when we scored through Craig Goodwin early. But by the end, we were all just stunned by what was to follow. I mean, think we forget how strong this French side is and they're champions of the world for a reason. Speaking of France, they looked dangerous. The football they played after they were knocked down early was irresistible. In your opinion, will other teams they face fear them? Um, I know the popular answer is yes, but I think Australia allowed the French back into the game. And some of the marking for a, a couple of the goals was really abysmal. Um I'm still not convinced France is the team that everyone makes them out to be. Um, I, know, I know a lot of people will be listening to this podcast thinking, is he mad to say that? But I'm, I, I think Australia allowed the French to dominate them rather than the French being that much better than the Australians. I mean, before, when it was nil-nil, I thought Australia was really taking the game to the French um, and it was just Australia's attitude that allowed France back into the game. Um, 
I think the other group teams uh, like Tunisia and Denmark will go into their game against France confident that they have the ability to to break the French down. Um, we'll see in a few days' time whether I'm right or not. Yeah, and after one game, is it early enough to call that France might be one of your tips to go all the way at this year's World Cup based on that answer you gave me that you know, Australia let them in. How do you think they'll feature against some stronger sides? Um, well, that's the thing. If they're playing against stronger sides, they might be a bit more, um, you know, committed, whereas maybe they took it a little bit easy against Australia um, at the beginning. Maybe they allowed Australia to the game early on. Um, it's hard to say. I predicted France would have a disappointing World Cup. And for the time being, I am going to stick to that um, I mean look as like Argentina they have the quality to do something big but I'm not convinced this is the you know this is a vintage French team it's not like the team from four years ago even though there are some players backing up they don't have that same aura as they did four years ago to me but again uh, we'll see in a couple of days time whether um, whether I'm going to be eating my words or whether I'll be telling everybody I told you so. So we'll see what happens. Yep, fair enough. In other news, some exciting upcoming games include today's game features some mouth-watering matchups. The highlight of the day is Germany versus Japan, where two of the world's soccer powerhouses go head-to-head -head in what promises to be an enthralling and exciting match. Germany are expected by many to reach the latter stages of this tournament, so this game will be sure to create a lot of buzz and attention from all over the world. Germany entered this tournament following the disappointment of not only failing to defend their 2014 title, but shockingly exiting Russia's 2018 World Cup, humiliatingly and disappointingly only at the group stage. But they will have the chance to get their campaign off on the right foot against a strong-looking Japanese outfit. At the Euros, Germany was eliminated at the round of 16 stage, so they were hoping to uh, dive much deeper into the World Cup this time round and will fancy themselves that they can even win a fifth title. Japan will find it a struggle but will need points from the games against Germany and Spain if they want hope to make an unlikely last 16 appearance. I predict a comfortable 2-0 victory for Germany here. Barney, can you please give me your predictions? Um, I would love to see Japan. As um, I, I, I lived in Japan for seven years, so they are my second favourite team. But in all honesty, I can't see the Japanese getting one over the Germans. You're saying 2-0 to Germany. I tend to agree with you. Um, and I think Germany is just too, much, just, just too strong for Japan. As much as Japan will give a spirited performance... Um, the Germans are another level to the Japanese. And, yeah, I agree with you that it'll be a 2-0 win to the Germans. Yes. And can you tell me a little bit about what you are expecting of Germany at this year's tournament? I have actually gone on record to say the Germans will reach the final. Um, I've got them coming second in their group, but then that gives them a, a slightly easier path to the final if you follow the um, the table and the knockout phase. Um, I think the Germans, on account of them, have a easy-ish path to the final. I think they can go all the way to the final. Um, will they win it? 
again, you know, on the day, anything can happen. But I think they're going to go very far, the Germans. Fair enough. Spain take on Costa Rica in what should also be an interesting encounter. This is another fixture in which sees two teams go head-to-head with a good chance of progressing to the round of 16. So it should be an entertaining game. Spain were knocked out at the round of 16 stage of the 2018 World Cup, but they have been relatively solid in their qualification campaign and are expected to make it deep into this tournament. Spain are favourites for this game, but with Costa Rica having already shown that they can surprise their opponents when least expected, it could be a really close affair. I predict a 2-1 victory for Spain as they get their campaign off to the right start. Barney, are you expecting a similar outcome? Um, I expect Spain to win, but I expect them to win a lot more comfortably than 2-1. Um, I think, you know, 3-0, 4-1 for Spain. Um, I don't think the Costa Ricans are all that strong. Um, they were very, I thought they were quite fortunate to beat New Zealand in the playoffs. And I think Spain are just going to dominate them. And I think it's going to be a one-sided, very one-sided game. I'm, yeah, 3-0, 4-1, something like that to the Spanish. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's definitely um, a big opportunity for Spain to get their campaign off on the right foot. And I expect a similar outcome. Um, what are your expectations of Spain at this year's tournament? Um, easily, I think they'll get to the quarterfinals. But then um, I'm, pre- I'm assuming they're going to come first in their group and Germany second. Um, and the fortunately, if Spain does come first, they're on the di- more difficult side of the draw. So I think they'll get to the quarterfinals. And after that, it depends on who's um, who's the best team on the day. But... I think quarterfinals are well within Spain's reach. Yeah, fair predictions, Barney. Belgium will face Canada as they look to start off the tournament on the right foot. Belgium have looked very solid and are expected to win comfortably, but Canada could cause a few problems for the European side. Belgium have been impressive in their preparation for the World Cup and will be looking to maintain their impressive form from qualification into this tournament, which saw them qualify top of Group E. It will be interesting how... Canada go at this tournament, their second in history and first since 1986. I predict Belgium 3-0. Barney, your prediction? Yeah, pretty much the same. It's good to see Canada back. They've got a similar World Cup history to Australia, um, well, up until our 2006 World Cup. So it's good to see Canada back. But, um, yeah, Belgium, they're just quality all over the park. Um, Yeah, 3-0, I think, is a fair prediction. What are you expecting to see from Canada at their first World Cup since 1986? Um, well, Canada was pretty impressive in the CONCACAF qualifiers, so um, I don't think they're going to be easy beats. I think they are going to give a good account of themselves. They're going to give some spirited performances, um, and they're going to, you know, they're going to they're going to make teams work hard to get one over them. Uh, but I. Yeah, I just don't... I think they've got some very tough opponents and I don't expect anything major from Canada. But I do expect some quality on the park, some quality play for them. And they're not... I don't think they're going to be an easy beat team like a lot of people have said about Canada. Yeah, fair enough. And how far do you expect Belgium to go at this year's World Cup? 
Yeah, Belgium's a strong team. I think just like Spain, I think uh, they are well within uh, quarterfinal. is definitely well within their reach. Um, and then after that comes down to who's um, the best team on the day. But yeah, at least a quarterfinal for Belgium is not out of the question. Yeah, I can see similar. Switzerland takes on Cameroon in what is sure to be an interesting game. Switzerland, slight favourites over their opponents, but Cameroon will come in uh, with hope that their combative style of play will give them a chance of getting something from this game. Cameroon will be glad to qualify for this year's tournament after failing to make Russia surprisingly in 2018. Switzerland have been consistent performances, uh, consistent performers at major tournaments over the years, but will want to start the tournament with a win. My prediction, Switzerland 2-1. Bani, are you expecting a similar result? Yeah, I think uh, Switzerland will win. Cameron will you know, give a good spirited performance. But yeah, Switzerland, they are, whilst they don't have any major star players, um, I mean, I suppose uh, Granit Schuck got a star player, but Switzerland, they, they're a very cohesive team. So whilst they don't have a, a team of champions, they have a champion team. And yeah, they're very hard to break down. I think they will beat Cameroon. Um, it won't be a very, it won't be like a lopsided game. One nil, two one. It'll be something like that. I don't expect a big score. Can you see either of these sides progressing to the knockout stage? Um, well, they're in the same group as Serbia and Brazil. Um, I've actually got Serbia qualifying alongside Brazil in the next phase, but um, the only team that can uh, upset that would be Switzerland. I don't think Cameroon has enough quality to um, get one over their group opponents. Fair enough. Finally, can you just give me a quick prediction on tonight's match between Morocco and Croatia, in which I previously previewed on the last podcast? Yeah, I've got a soft spot for Morocco, but um, yeah, they are the unluckiest team in World Cup history, and I think it's going to continue to... I think Croatia will get one over them tonight. Um, I'm just looking forward to what tragic story is going to happen to the Moroccans, because they're always um, always some tragic loss with them. But no, I think Croatia will, uh, will be, they'll, they'll win against Morocco. All right. Barney, thanks so much for your time to join me on the podcast and I look forward to having you back again throughout the tournament as the tournament heats up. Thank you very much for having me on and um, yeah, look forward to other appearances on your podcast. And that concludes episode three of my 2022 FIFA World Cup podcast. Remember, if you are keen to be a guest on this podcast, you can reach me on my email in the video description or via the LinkedIn profile in the description. We can't wait to see how these matches play out. Make sure you stay tuned for our post tomorrow, which will be recapping all the action from day four and previewing what's to come in day five. Speak to you guys then.